My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, who love to stand in the synagogues and on street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so you may not appear to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden, and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. This comedian named Artie talked about how he and his friend Anthony were involved with illegal gambling, betting on hockey games with a bookie. And every week they would make bets and they would meet some middleman to exchange money at a local McDonald's. Anthony discovered that the bookie didn't realize that there were certain games being played in the afternoon, so he was able to get his bet in when already knowing the winner, thereby cheating for six weeks in a row. By week seven, the middleman called Artie and Anthony and said he wasn't going to be meeting them this week, but that the bookie himself was coming and that they'd better be there. So the two, I'd never met the guy before. It's a bookie, so he rarely wants to be seen in public. But they knew who it was when they got in there. They saw him sitting in the back corner booth by himself where they had always had their weekly meetings. They see this huge middle-aged man sitting alone eating his quarter pounder with cheese and french fries. And as soon as they sit down, he just stares at them and he starts launching into them, saying he knew what they had done. He figured out what was going on and that what they had gotten away with. And he said to Anthony, if you ever cheated him again, the book he promised he would find him, he would rip his throat out, and he continued, I'm going to find your kids, I'm going to find your cousins, I'm going to do the same to them. And he kept going and launching like this. And all of a sudden, at one point, the terror and the fear that they were experiencing stopped, and the comedian and their friend lowered their heads, and they tried not to laugh, because the guy, as he's screaming these murderous threats at them, all the while had this huge ashen cross on his big bald head. 
And that was the first realization to them. It was Ash Wednesday. And the more they sat there, the harder it was for them not to lose it. Here they're talking about illegal gambling. They're paying off a bet to the bookie himself. And these guys making this murderous threats to them as he's got this big ashen cross on his head. After the lunacy and the terror of the experience had ended and the guy left, and Artie and Anthony were just laughing at the entire thing and the, the lunacy of the whole thing, Anthony said, I, I had no idea it was Ash Wednesday. We got to go get our ashes. And I think that helps illustrate why Ash Wednesday is one of the best and the worst times to be a priest. It's terrific that people are actively seeking out the church in greater numbers than most other days of the year. But there could be such a, a disconnect on what this is all about, what this means. And that's not entirely the fault of the people who come. Some churches have even helped perpetuate that confusion, offering what they call ashes to go, where they just stand on a street corner by a train station and just give ashes out. So there's no scripture reading, there's no prayer or anything, just giving some dirt, you know, burnt palm branches on your head as you go off to work or class. So if people haven't been taught the significance of this custom of receiving ashes on some random Wednesday in February, which this year also happens to be Valentine's Day, and if we help perpetuate that just by giving it out without any thought or explanation or prayer, it's not shocking that an illegal bookie would stop to get his ashes before he goes and makes threats to people. That truth most impressed me, though, years ago, during one of my first years as a priest. It had been a, a very busy Ash Wednesday. We had 7 a.m. Mass. There was a marathon of Masses and services throughout the day with our school and other uh, CCD kids and stuff. And now we were at the last Mass of the day at 7 p.m. And I'm distributing communion at this point. And this guy came up to me when I said, the body of Christ, he responded, oh, I don't want that. I just came for ashes. Speaking of gambling, I don't have much of a poker face. <laughs> Thankfully for this guy, since I'm holding the body of Christ in my hands, I was able to very calmly say, I'll give you the ashes after Mass. And he quickly added, whether it's out of embarrassment or he just saw the look on my face, he says, oh, I'll take that too. To which I said, oh, that's okay. You've made it clear you don't want this. But see me after Mass. If he did get ashes that day, he must have gone to someone else. As justifiably upset as I was with that interaction that day, and I've been upset about that ever since, but for different reasons. 20-some years ago, I was insulted and I was angered. But having talked and listened to people now, I think I better understand it. I think for a lot of people, the ashes probably seem more accessible and relatable. It's a great common denominator. Anyone can get ashes, whether you're Catholic or not, whether you're in a state of grace or not. It doesn't matter. And they're made of some of the same elements that we as human beings are. It's carbon, calcium, and magnesium. There's nothing special about them. So in a world where there's so much polarizing division, where people often just surround themselves with those they agree with, this very earthly substance is one of those few areas that we have of shared agreement anymore. Even some of the words that are used to distribute them are not controversial. The form that we are using today is, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. In a world that's increasingly rejecting God, 
Most atheists would, atheists would agree with that. In fact, basically, that's their whole philosophy in one sentence. Most people don't know that those words, though, come from the earliest of scriptures, the first book of the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. When our first parents, Adam and Eve, rejected God, believing the lies of the devil, telling them God wasn't trustworthy, and promising that if they just listened to his voice, the voice of the devil, they could become gods themselves. And they foolishly fell for that lie. They found the reality after that very accurate. Without God, all they were was dust and ash. Sadly, though, I think many people are stuck believing that's the end of the story. Whether they've fallen away from practicing their Catholic faith or never really learned it. Even some who do come every Sunday might not realize that sometimes the way they live kind of demonstrates that they think all we are is dust and ash. That's why we so often actively maximize pleasure and we try to minimize pain and we just try to take care of ourselves. Whatever it is, though, that brought you here today, even if it's just out of tradition or custom that caught your attention saying, oh, I got to get ashes. It's a good thing. Maybe that's come from the faith and devotion of your parents or your grandparents or some other ancestors in the faith. Maybe it's desiring just to belong and feeling like this is a day to kind of check in. Just in case Jesus is the way, the truth of life, you want to pop in and just say to God, see, I got my ashes. And if that's you, can I just tell you that God is real. God is not mad at you and that he does not hate you. God loves you and is happy that you're here. And he wants to work with all those maybes and maybe a few others. Like when you think maybe there is more to life than passing pleasures that always seem to promise a lot and never remotely come close to fulfilling them. Maybe there's something greater than trying to get wealthy or popular or be powerful. Maybe I'm more than just a pile of ashes and dust. Because you are. There's no ifs, buts, or maybes when it comes to that. That's the good news of this day. Jesus came to live and to go to the cross for us, to demonstrate the lengths that God would go for us. God never intended for us to revert back to the dust of the earth. Even when in our foolishness, we continue to choose to follow everyone but God. Even in our arrogance, when we actively reject him, he doesn't hold grudges. He doesn't get angry and lash out and say, that's it, I'm done with you. He still looks at me and you as someone beautiful, someone he carefully, intentionally, and lovingly took ashes, breathed his breath of life into, and created me and you. That's what this day is all about, my friends. So every time you catch a glimpse of those ashes, either on your head or you see them on someone else, yes, to remember that on our own, that's all we are but we're not all on our own. And we don't have to live under that lie. 
Because after that death on the cross, Jesus rose from the dead and he promised that we could too. That's not my invitation. That's Jesus's invitation to each of us today. To make this Ash Wednesday more than just about getting that sign of death on my forehead, but seeing in that sign a sign of hope that's mine if I grasp it, if I grasp him. To see in that Eucharistic host the very body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ being made real and present right here in our midst. He's as real and present in that host as he was 2,000 years ago, walking around in Jerusalem or Nazareth or Galilee. And he wants you to know and experience him, his love for you personally here and now, because he sees you and he knows you and he cares for you. Let him. If you're not Catholic or it's been a long time since you've been to Mass and you you can't receive him at communion today, that's okay. Let that longing be something that you listen to in your heart. Listen to that invitation to start anew. And me and Father Maris are here. So after Mass, we're happy to hear your confession today or any day. I live right on campus. I'm basically always here. So we, we have the confession every day at the Newman Center. So I invite you to to take advantage of that opportunity, if not today, throughout the season of Lent. And if even off campus to maybe connect with your local parish if you're a commuter and you're not here all the time, but just to try to take advantage of all the different opportunities to make the next 40 days truly life-changing. This life of yours now, and more importantly, the eternal life that awaits all of us. God bless you.